Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, the news has come out that many of the big stars for the DP World ILT20 Season 2 have been retained by their six clubs. Now, those players do include Joe Root, Sunil Noreen, Colin Munro, Chris Lynn, Shimron Hitmeyer, Trent Bolt, Dwayne Bravo, and we uh, go through some of those details. The maximum total salary cap for season two uh, will be 2.5 million US, with a minimum spend of 1.5 million US. And uh, to get more more details about this, uh, Neil, I think we are joined by one of the senior coaching members of the Desert Vipers. Well, that's right. Uh, Tom Moody, the legendary Australian, joins us. Uh, it's it's almost a year that we spoke to him last uh, when we were setting up the Desert Premier League. Uh, when the, we were setting up the uh, uh, DP World ILT20 and talking to Desert about Desert Vipers. Tom Moody had come into the studios. We had a chat with him. And now, for season two, retention plans have come out and Desert Vipers have retained as many as 12 players. Tom Moody joins us. Tom, welcome to TSB. It's good to be with you again. This is uh, very, very exciting. Looking through some of the list of names that you have retained uh, for the Desert Vipers. Top of the list, obviously, Alex Hales, Colin Munro. Uh, you've got uh, Winindu Hasaranga. You must be very excited with the lineup that you've been able to retain. We certainly are. It's, it's always a challenging time, uh, retention, because in an ideal world, particularly when you have a successful season, uh, you reach finals, you don't quite get over the line and lift the trophy, but generally you have a a consistent and a successful season you want to try to keep some sort of core uh, group together and some continuity but um it's also important to to recognize that you need to be a little bit nimble and flexible recognizing there may be some you know some good opportunities out there to secure um uh, some alternative talent to continue to to grow as a unit 
Well, you know, uh, I might take a focus towards uh, the UAE talent. Uh, we, we saw Rohan Mustafa opening for the Vipers and did considerably well. Ali Nasir, after what he did with the Vipers, went on to make his UAE debut and scored really well. Uh, bowled also pretty well. Uh, definitely calls for attention for them. But what about the other two lads? And Ronak Panoli, in fact, didn't even get an opportunity to play with you. He was injured, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, look, it's always it's always difficult when you're limited to the number of players that you can play from the UAE. You know, ch- um, you know chances become far and few between. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we, you know, were sort of jostling with that second position, uh, always in that uh, in that playing 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rohan did, you know, particularly well for us at the top of the order and, yep. the, and the, the overs he bowled were were effective, but uh, we're certainly excited about um, you know Ali Nasir. We're so happy that he's got the opportunity at uh, national level, um, you know, to show you know, exactly what he's capable of doing. Uh, we could see uh, that, that there was you know a, a, a certainly a unique talent there and someone to work with. So you know that's why it was a no-brainer for us to you know to retain him and hopefully we can play an important role in his development as an all-rounder, um, you know, particularly when you've got, uh, you know, the international talent around young players like that, you, you, you hope to fast-track them as fast as possible. When you look at the uh, the season as it's kicking off mid-January, it also comes on the back of news that uh, the Australian T20 competition, the Big Bash, uh, shortened that each side is playing 10 games uh, for the season. Uh, can you see with that shortened season that th- there may be an opportunity for a few more Australian players to be involved in season two of the uh, ILT20? Yeah, look, I hope so. Um, you know, the one thing that uh, the reality is, the Big Bash may well finish a fraction early, but the reality is a number of those, um, I suppose, star players uh, will be connected either with the Australian team or if not with the Australian team, they'll have state contracts where they're, they're committed to play Red Bull cricket, so the longer form of the game. Um, there may be a few uh, outliers that uh, that are available that are more your specialist white ball cricketers like the Adam Zampers and the you know Marcus Stoinis of the world that uh, that we saw briefly last season might be available again. But I don't think we'll see a flood of Australians coming into the ILT20. But um, you know, hopefully we can get a few of them because again, the more representative players from various parts of the world, uh, the better the tournament's going to be. You know, we're certainly hoping that uh, we're going to see some Pakistan players available as well uh, in the edition in 2024. Um, You know, to have, um, you know, some of the Pakistan star players playing in the ILT20 will be nothing short of, uh, you know, sensational. Well, this is interesting that you spoke about uh, Marcus Toynis in particular. He hasn't been retained by Sharjah Warriors. I see that uh, one eye on, uh, you know, acquiring a player of his calibre as well, is it? Uh, Yeah, look, you know, players of that calibre are, you know, always pretty well sought after. Um, But again, we're keeping a very open mind. That's why... We just retained, we tried to retain as many as possible, but we also wanted to keep the door open mm-hmm. um, to, to keep an open mind to, to whether it be Australian players, whether it be Pakistan players or players that weren't retained by other teams. So it gives us a little bit of flexibility to, to get the absolute, uh, the right balance in our playing squad um, to uh, hopefully go one step further in 2024. 
You know, from from last year till now, if you actually see the calendar, there have been at least four more tournaments that have been added to the calendar of uh, the world. You know, with with the MLC coming in in the US, the there, there's a T10 tournament that's coming up in Zimbabwe as we speak, uh, end of this month. Uh, USA also has a T10 tournament uh, lined up. Uh, how does you know, a, a team like yours uh, manage the workload of the players that you have that you would know would be playing around the year in various tournaments around the world, literally living out of a suitcase. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's pretty good world to be in if you're a cricketer. Put it that way. <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I, I think it's a good problem to have. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's 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 more a concern or a challenge for those players that are all format players that are still playing regularly for the national team mm -hmm. and also playing in all formats of the game. Um, for those players that are your specialised white ball cricketers um, and just looking at some of our players, for instance, you know, you've got your Hasaranga, who's a specialist white ball cricketer. Right. Alex Hales is another one, Tom Curran. You Colin Munro, these type of players, Matisse Patarana, you know, these type of players are all specialists in white ball cricket. So, you know, their their focus and time is committed to, you know, those you know, those specific tournaments. So workload needs to be um uh, I suppose carefully managed, but it's not as big an issue for those players that it is for those that are also trying to juggle a test career. We watched the crowd certainly pick up towards the end of season one of the ILT20. Um, Marketing-wise and publicity-wise, you must be excited that uh, you know, you're going to be able to work off a base uh, to really try and build on that, that fan base and, mm. and get some atmosphere uh, into, these, into these stadiums where we know there's such a, a huge cricketing fan base. Yeah, well, that's so important. And well, I think, you know, certainly from a franchise, we're just starting to scratch the surface with regards to building a fan base. Uh, we were very proactive as a franchise and, and um, you know, everyone involved in, in um, you know, the initial year did a terrific job. And I think you could see that representation in the, in the stands with the, the colour, the Vipers red in the, in the stands. Um, but also, you know, I think the league itself has learnt a lot in that first year with regards to what they need to implement and put in place to make sure that uh, those cricket fans you're referring to have access to the stadium, have the ability to get to the games and, uh, and get home because there's an enormous cricketing uh, community in the UAE and um, if we can provide some, um, you know, box office entertainment uh, at the various venues... Uh, well, they should be coming along and have access to it, and and uh, let's hope they're wearing red. Oh, this is incredible, isn't it? Uh, with with the work beginning already, I'm sure that you know the think tank is sitting and trying to figure out what could be the right spots to fill with the right kind of talent. But some of these talents that have played other leagues, and and my focus would be on Matish Patirana, who had a fabulous season at the IPL and playing under Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Uh, how does how does playing these leagues change the focus of every single player that adds on? I mean, do you, do you guys sit together and have have probably a head to head uh, conversation and and probably say that hey, what were your learnings? If you could share some of those here. Absolutely, I think uh, you know that's the key to any successful franchise is is learning from each other, and you know it doesn't matter whether you're a, an emerging young player like uh, Patarana or you're a uh, you know, an old um, hand at uh, franchise cricket in someone like the captain, Colin Munro. Mm -hmm. I think 
everyone um, has the ability to learn off each other from the different experiences they've had. You know, uh, Matisse Patharana had a, an exceptionally um, good IPL this year. Uh, he had the pleasure of being under one of the, you know, the greatest T20 captains of all time, time in MS Dhoni and, and one of the best coaches of all time in Stephen Fleming. So he's picked up a lot of knowledge uh, in that environment. And, you know, that, that you, what, what you generally try to do is create an environment where that knowledge is shared mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a way that, uh, you know, players, particularly young players, don't feel like they're threatened in any way. They, they can just sort of talk about their experiences and, and, you know, casual conversations can be had and lessons can be learnt by all. You're one of the most successful coaches, you know, with work in IPL, uh, you work with Sri Lanka and, uh, and in Australia. But are you prepared if the, uh, the Desert Vipers go all the way uh, that the media is going to be calling it Mozball uh, to be able to get behind? Because <laughs> every coach tends to have a, the nickname uh, based around uh, how they play these days. Yeah, well, I, I, I tell you, it, after, uh, after the second test match, I'm not sure that uh, anyone really wanted to be labeled baseball because it wasn't really uh, <laughs> wasn't really buzzing was it but yeah look I, I think that's you know I, I think what England have done in international cricket in test cricket over the last 12 months is nothing short of phenomenal um, and the way they've played the game has been exhilarating I think the ashes regardless of the the approach that uh, that that England have adopted of recent times in test cricket was always going to be box office uh, watching for those cricketing fans out there, but um, to add that extra sort of spice to it, where you've got a team that's trying to, you know, revolutionise Test cricket, play it a different way, um, is uh, adds another layer of excitement. And I, I think, interesting enough, what we've seen, if anything, is just the the, the baseball um, phenomena just slow down slightly because, you know, the, this Australian side is a, is a pretty good side and particularly it's a, a very strong bowling unit. So there's only, only, there's only so many teams and so many conditions that you can go out there and take the game on and, and score at a runner ball. They're not doing that in the Ashes at the moment, but... Uh, what we're getting is some great entertainment. What would you do with the Australian side? You, you've been close to Cameron Green. Is a tall all-rounder like you from the same part of the world? Does he come back in? Would you look to reshuffle the side after Mitchell Marsh's success? Yeah, it's a very difficult question. Um, I, I I put it this way. If I was chairman of selectors, I'm, I'm very happy that there's about seven and eight days between <laughs> uh, now and the next test match just to give you enough time to have clarity of thought uh, because whatever decisions you make, you need to remember they're, they're not sort of just uh, knee-jerk reactions to, you know, uh, you know a loss at Headingley first, firstly, but also knee-jerk reactions around just... Uh, you know, playing players out of position. So if you're suddenly thinking of, well, if David Warner's under pressure, can we play Green and Marsh in the same side? Yeah. And who, which one of the two can open the batting? You know, to me, that could be a little bit short-sighted thinking that way. Uh, you know, because specialist openers are, are, are there for a reason. It's because they've got... They've got the skill of opening the batting in difficult conditions, um, particularly in the long format of the game in England, is uh, extremely challenging. But there's there's no doubt the Australian team have got um, some thoughts to have around um, a number of selection um, 
issues that uh, that will present come the Old Trafford test. You know, we've been talking about Ashes. We've been talking about how good these uh, games have been. Literally, you know, living up to be the best advertisement for the longest format of the game. Now, if if England and Australia can do this, which could be the other two teams who could probably bring about a similar, uh, you know, attraction or towards this game? Well, I think there's plenty of teams that can do it. Um, it's just a case of whether you are prepared to, I suppose, play that brand of cricket and whether you've got the personnel mm-hmm. uh, to play that brand of cricket. You know, e- e- England, uh, I suppose, in a unique time uh, where they've been a very dominant white ball team for the last four or five years, right. uh, having won a World Cup and been very competitive in white ball cricket consistently over a long time, that they have really, I think, transformed their approach to test cricket, you know, from uh, the attitude and the mindset of what's happening in white ball cricket. So they've taken advantage of players that already instinctively have that sort of aggressive um, mindset and skill base, Um, you know, where you've got other teams that have more traditional type players that are going to go out there and bat in a traditional way regardless. And to be fair, England still have one of those players in their side who's arguably one of the best players in the world in Joe Root. And he's not, you know, sort of falling into the trap of thinking he's got to hit every ball for four or six either. Well, Joe Root's one of the players we are looking forward to see uh, line up as part of the DP World ILT20 Season 2. Tom Moody, you've been generous with your time. We do appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing the developments in the the Desert Viper side in the lead up to Season 2. My pleasure, guys. Always uh, good fun. All right. Thank you so thank much. You. There is uh, one of the greats, uh, Tom Moody, uh, the tall Australian all-rounder and cricket coach who was uh, giving his insights on the player retention uh, for the DP World T20. Back January 2024 in the UAE, Desert Vipers look strong again. They've retained some big names. I, I think that's a fantastic call. They're retaining 12 players from the side that didn't do uh, much wrong, you know, reached the finals and probably missed out just, just by a whisker. I think when you have a team that's delivered, there's no need to change much. TSB talks about business on Talk 100.3. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.